Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. On today's episode, we will be getting a mindset adjustment. My next guest has done some pretty amazing things in his life, and he's only getting started. This man is not only a business mindset coach, but he is a certified pediatric chiropractor, three-time author, podcaster, and speaker. Let's give a superhero by design shout out to Dr. Vic Manzo Jr. Dr. Manzo, welcome to the show. Ace, thanks for having me, my friend. <laughs> all the pleasure's all mine. You can find more on Dr. Manzo on Instagram at Dr. Vic Manzo. That's D-R-V-I-C-M-A-N-Z-O. And also check out his website, empoweryourreality.com to book a free coaching call and see all the amazing products and services that Dr. Manzo offers. All right. There's no time like the present and some even call it a gift. Are you ready for the first question? Let's do it. All right, man. It's a tough one. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing actually absolutely amazing today. It's been a good day. Wake up when you wake up. Like, I'm originally from Chicago, so I live in Knoxville now. So when you wake up and it's like 50 degrees outside, you're like, I in January, you're like I can get used to this. I can really get used to this. That's great, man. I am in Nashville myself, so you are a oh. close neighbor of mine, a much prettier part of the country or of the state. But yeah, that's a that's a really cool town. How long have you lived there for? Uh, it's been a little over a year now. Oh well, wel- welcome to the South. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, I love everything about it. And uh, yeah, as you know, the Smokies are absolutely amazing. And to have a view of them is just every day is amazing to have. That's right. Well, before we jump into all the amazing things that you've been doing with your life, I'd like to step back a little bit and just uh, get to know you a little bit more. So you said you're originally from Chicago. Was that where you were born and raised? Born and raised in a, I was born and raised in a small suburb called Murrells Park. Okay. Okay. How, how was your upbringing? I'm not too familiar with the Chicago area. If, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a small Italian community at the time growing up. Um, you know, and, uh, I was also raised, you know, very Roman Italian Catholic. So a lot of guilt and shame in my world. Um, you know, but that's just part of the process. And, uh, but it was a cool, very cool, small knit community. It kind of ta- taught me a lot, like what the South is, right? You know, people say hi to everybody, you know, like back then you just knew everybody. So you say, Hey, that's so-and-so and this blah, 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 whatever it may be. But, um, but a lot of family roots, family was always the, the primary thing. You know, I didn't have, I had a lot of friends, but it was one of those things where like, why don't you hang out with family all the time? I'm like, that's pretty much who I, I have a lot of cousins, you know, that's just what we hang out with. That's just what we do. Like every weekend, what are you doing? Hanging out with my cousins. Why you don't you have friends to hang out with? Well, yeah, I have friends, but I'm like my cousins and we, then we'll go hang out with friends or just do stuff ourselves. It's just, that's how we lived. Yeah. No, I've had a few friends growing up. I grew up in a very small family myself, but I did have friends who, yeah, I think one of them, he said, he finally counted it one day. He said he had 96 first cousins. And okay. with a community yeah. like that, <laughs> I could see how a lot of your time is is spent with the family. You know, it probably somebody has a birthday almost every weekend, so there there always is something to celebrate, <laughs> something to do. Ninety, wow! I have 30, 29 first cousins. I thought that was a lot. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So when you were a kid, though, growing up in in a tight knit community like that, I I'm assuming your family had a huge influence on you and your culture. What was that like as far as a career? Did you, when you were a kid, were you one of those kids that wanted to be a doctor? Cause obviously you, you got your, uh, your PhD, uh, being a chiropractor and all of that. And I might get the, some of this messed up, but I guess walk me through growing up as a child and, and what your dreams and aspirations were. I always wanted to do something big. I, I never had any, I never had any in, in, in interest in being a doctor or a chiropractor or anything like that. It was one of those things where it was just I wanted to. I grew up seeing like my family, my parents specifically showed me a lot of what I didn't want in my life. Mm-hmm. 
you know, my grandfather, or my grandfather, my, my dad, well, my grandfather too, but my dad always, he took me to go work. My dad worked full time at a warehouse in Dominic's uh, back there. Um, I think it's called Safeway and other areas in the United States. But yeah, um, long story short. Yeah. Right. And then there's, you know, but then he also did what we call nowadays a side hustle. He laid carpet. So it was hard physical labor, you know, long days. And he he had me go work with him since I was six years old, uh, six years old working with him. He wanted to show me what hard work was. He wanted to show me what physical labor was. And he wanted to show me, he showed me that and the struggles and how he had to be away for the weekends and stuff like that. So I didn't do it. I mean, the guy was so adamant about this. He wouldn't even teach me how to lay carpet. Like I really? did it with him for 15 years. He wouldn't. I was like, dad, let me sh- teach me how you do this so I can help you so we can get done faster. And he's like, I don't want you learning this stuff. So I, I mean, I learned by watching, but it was one of those. Th- I mean, I'm nowhere near. I never wanted to practice it. It's a lot of work. But that type, he showed me that. There was also, you know, coming from a very blue collar family and blue collar community, finances were a scarcity. Uh, well, they're not really a scarcity, but that's how it was perceived based on what I saw and grew up. And so that seeing that stuff and then see talk about like when you see somebody who's well do well to do or something, they'll be they'll be usually be, oh, it's just because they were lucky or there's, you know, sometimes not really a nice positive comment. Let's just put it that way. And I for me, I was always sitting there going, well, I want to have I don't want to have what I have here. This is not. This is not my life. I had to, um, if I wanted to get, you know, I had friends who had you know, and cousins who had like all the games in the world and all the toys. And here's me with like one Nintendo or Super Nintendo that I had like, one Nintendo with like five games. And that's, and that's basically all I had. Um, I wanted Super Nintendo. I had to save up to try to get that. And then when I did, I, I got lucky and I had some money to get an extra game. So that was my life growing up. But I was like, I don't want this type of life. But chiropractic and those things were never on my radar until I had a health issue at 19 years old. That's when it opened. I mean, I went to a chiropractor around nine and a half, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I annoyed the heck out of my mom with that so long that uh, she was like, I'm not taking you there anymore. Because um, my mom's been under chiropractic care now for 38 years. Um, so she was adamant about going, continuing going. My mom's a fitness instructor and a yoga instructor, just to give some background reference on that. So she's always been um, in the health field and, and so forth. But you know that I didn't, again, not until I was 19, that's when I started to like do that. But I had aspirations on being like a chef or maybe a lawyer or, um, I mean, I want to be a baseball player. That was a big thing for me, uh, for quite some time. Um, but like an architect, something along those lines. Um, I was curious to know what can make some, what can make good money? Because again, Looking back in my life, I, where I grew up, I was like, I don't want to have that. Whatever I do, I don't want to have that experience. I want to choose something different. And so that was always on the back of my mind as I was growing up and you know, wanting to aspire to certain dreams or, or choosing what I want to do for my life. Right. You had mentioned something happening to you at the age of 19. Can you uh, get into that a little bit more? Yeah. So I was at Arizona State. Um, I was... T- I was um, Computers was always fun. My dad was trying to get me into computers. He felt like that's what create a big, you know, long life of money and where things are going. He was right at the time. But so I, I was I was going into computer science. And um, at the time, I was playing rugby for the club teams. First time I ever played rugby. Um, I've always been a football and soccer guy. And I played basketball and a bunch of other sports. But and uh, football, I mean, uh, so, you know, soccer and uh, soccer. baseball. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I said football and I'm like, hold on. Mer- Americans may think that is American football. But um, but long story short, I was like, I went to go. Uh, I didn't make it on the Arizona State baseball team. I went to try out and out of 150 people came down to being another guy. And they were like, well, we can make you a reliever or a pitcher. And I'm like, I don't want to be a pitcher. I want to be, you know, and then, of course, they didn't. I didn't have a good uh, history in high school um, for other reasons, but, um, long story short, they're like, we don't take that risk. They're like the number one baseball team or number two in the United States. So, you know, they're not gonna, you gotta have some credentials to back up, even though I was, I, I mean, I I beat out pretty much everybody on the whole entire thing. And they're like, yeah, no. So I played rugby, but long story short, every month of my life at that year, my health kept declining. Now you have to, again, coming back with a little backstory. Again, my mom was my inspiration in health. I saw her working out all the time, eating right, supplements, nutrition, you name it. And she was in great shape. And I saw people who I go to her aerobic classes, you know, after, you know, I, local civic center. And after I'd be done playing with my friends, I go up and she's finishing teaching classes. Um, I see people in fit. And I, my mom, how do you get like that? I was never, I wasn't that fit of a kid, guy, a little uh, a boy. And she's like, you eat right, exercise and so forth. So at 13 years old, I was like, okay, health means exercise, eating right, nutrition, supplements, thumbs up, piece of cake. 
Well, that didn't work at 19 because as a college kid, I was eating well. I was taking my supplements. I was taking like six or seven different ones. I'm taking all the stuff that's natural because my dad was big about being natural and never taking anything except natural. He's a purist in some ways. Um, and um, yeah, it wasn't working. I mean, by the time almost a year was up, I was really scared. I told my mom, like, I think I have like a blood disorder because I had like acne on my back, cold sores every month, headaches, sensitivity to lights. No matter how much I slept, I didn't have energy. Um, and so many other things were going on. And my mom, it took a month to get us into the medical doctor's office. And then like three days before, my mom was like, why don't you go see Dr. Frank? And Dr. Frank was the chiropractor. She's been seeing the one I saw when I was a kid. And I was like, you know what? I go, if you can get me in like by tomorrow and I don't have to wait, let's do it. And if you think he can help, she's like, just go see, see what he has to say and take it from there. Two months later, all my symptoms were gone. Four months later, I got in the best physical shape of my life. Nothing changed. Now, here's a guy who's running five minute miles. I can lift mm -hmm. double my weight in multiple different arenas. And, and it was just crazy how much weight and how much great shape I was in. But physically, it didn't look like it as much as it, it should have. But all of a sudden, from that one month, uh, that month, that point in time to four months of, of being under chiropractic care and everything else, I shredded down to 10% body fat, never been there ever in my life. And I was like, I haven't done nothing different. Not only did he help me with all the symptoms and everything, but yet I also got in really good physical shape. And I go, there is just something to this that there's more people who are less have more issues with health and than what I had. And I think this needs to be shared. And so from that moment, I shifted into business and I went back home to Chicago and finished up there um, and, and went on my journey to go to chiropractic school and then eventually became a chiropractor. So in the chiropractic realm, and I've never been to a chiropractor before, actually my brother's wife is a chiropractor, but I've never experienced it. So my experience is probably what most people I would say experience or view them as is you go, you get your, your spine or your back adjusted. And I know from my brother's wife that there's more to it than that, but I don't know what any of it is. So you made this crazy transformation without changing anything, but going to see a chiropractor. What specifically were the methods or tools that they had used that completely changed your life? So to keep it simple, I would just say chiropractic. The reason why I say that is there's over 300 techniques in chiropractic. One okay. thing we know for sure, chiropractic works. We know the techniques work. Um, but there was it was basically just the, the premise of, because there's 300 ways of how can we alter the way the brain functions. A lot of people in the public think that chiropractic is just neck pain, back pain, and headaches. Media pushes that a lot. Chiropractors are a little bit at fault of that too. We're nothing of that. We don't treat anything. Chiropractic doesn't treat an illness, a symptom, a condition, or nothing along those natures. Because when what we're really working on is how do we get better communication? Or if I can go even deeper, we're talking about consciousness. But I'll, some people go, consciousness, chiropractic, where's this guy going with this? But I'll keep it as communication just to keep it a little simple. Uh, for someone who has never you know, been to a chiropractor, I'm not going to be like, but like even with patients of mine, I'd be like, depending, I'll feel them out. And if I can, I go really deep with them. And then, and sometimes I can, I'll go, okay, here we go. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you exactly what chiropractic is. And then sometimes they're like, you're skeptical or whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to keep it to communication because it makes it a lot easier. But it's just basically improving the communication between the brain and body. And when you can have better communication, just like in anything in life, everything improves. When any, if you look at every facet of life, when you have miscommunication, things break down. It's just going to happen with your body, health, relationships, business, all things that have are related, all issues are coming from a miscommunication. And so what chiropractic does is we make specific adjustments to improve that communication and start to change some of your neurology around. So we're getting you out of a sympathetic dominant or what, we, what I used to call a gas pedal state, which is the revving up part, which is the breaking down of your body, ages faster, causes a lot of issues. This is what causes most of all our issues. And we're creating more of a balance so that when we do have to go to the gas pedal stage, we come right back to the brake pedal to repair, heal, grow, develop, and so forth. And so what chiropractic does is that's where the adaptability comes in. It allows us to handle and adapt to life to the best that we possibly can. So my body was not adapting well to my environment because health is, not to get too deep in the health, but it's you whatever your health is, that's a representation of your environment. And so what happens, that means is it's your, your environment is so stressful, your body can't adapt well to that environment. The nervous system, it's too overwhelming. So nervous system is trying to go into protection to protect you from that type of environment. You can change your environment, but here's what happens. The nervous system gets wired and programmed a certain way. So after enough stimulus to that same stimulus happening, 
It thinks, hey, this is life. This is what it is. This is what we're going to have to bear down to. And it gets stuck in that pattern. And that's why chiropractic is so prevalent to help. And that was me. I had a very traumatic, stressful childhood. That was all ingrained in my nervous system in so many different ways. And so at 19, I mean, it was just like my nervous system said, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord, whatever you want to call it. And that's why, the you know, I guess I was younger too, so it helps to re- rebound faster. But that's where, you know, chiropractic essence is what we're really doing is that. And we're changing brain function, brain neurology, and we're helping the individual adapt better. That sounds absolutely amazing. I preach a lot about the nervous system, how to use it, how to leverage it, how to change the neurological connections you've got between your brain and your body by breathing techniques, cold water immersion, putting your body under stressful situations, whether it's exercise or things like that. And I've known now for a while, uh, one of my best friends, his wife is a chiropractor. And I've been spending a good amount of time with them over this past year. And so I've been having small conversations with her similar to what I'm having with you right now. And I haven't pulled the trigger on it. And, you know, I have every excuse not to pull the trigger, right? But until you actually take that action and go, uh, you're not going to know what's going on. But just from this conversation with you gets me personally insanely excited because I preach the nervous system. I preach the tools that we can use to leverage our nervous system and how powerful it is. But then this is just now another tool to even strengthen all of those things even more. I'm a very active person. I work out multiple times a week. And for the past few months, I hit a plateau. I'm seeing a new trainer now. We're switching things up. However, going to a chiropractor, getting everything readjusted, realigned so that my body is communicating with itself much better. It sounds like when I do see a chiropractor, because I will very soon, I can promise you that, that that is just going to accelerate my progress. And once you start seeing progress, especially if you're able to accelerate it, and you could do a lot of things, really a lot of amazing things in a short amount of time in this world, that brings your confidence level sky high. And once you start changing your body, changing your your habits, and you're seeing results, especially immediately, like that, you just start stacking all these wins on each other. You're going to be unstoppable. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, I always tell my patients that like chiropractic is the glue to everything. So when you when you use chiropractic, it maximizes every facet of your life. So like working out, you're going to heal faster. And I, even some people like I have, I would have athletes come in and even, even if they were young, cause I worked with a lot of kids, but even adults. And I would just say, Hey, I don't even have to go that far into the explanation. I just go, you know, who Michael Jordan is who doesn't know Michael Jordan, right? You know, who Tom Brady is everybody knows Tom Brady, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Yeah. Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Usain Bolt. Yeah. There's one common thread. Now there's a lot of other things about them. I'm not saying this is the end all be all. So I want to be really clear to the audience audience here, but there's one common thread in all of them. They all get regular chiropractic care. You look at all the legends in sports. All of them were under regular chiropractic care. And it's one of those things like even like I'm, I'm, I'm researching now like Verlander. Uh, he's a pitcher for the uh, – Now I think for? it's the Mets. I think Mets, it's the yes. Mets now. Yeah, right. And Cy Young winner, 38 years old. What? I mean, I, I'm never, I was like, what? I mean, he's just a beast. I'm like – He's got to be under chiropractic care. But the problem is they don't talk about it because it, it's it's feeding to a profession. So they need to be paid. We don't have a lot of money in chiropractic to do that. But I'm like, I bet you any money he's under it. I'm like researching. Eventually, I'm going to find something. But anyway, I digress. But that's going to help you in every aspect of your life to play, you know, in any any facet. I mean, we play in this game called life. And so, especially if you're big into the nervous system, this is the biggest thing. I mean, you do cold immersions, you do meditations, breath work. It's going to have you go deeper into it. Um, cause it really comes down to playing at those levels to really allow yourself to, uh, show up at the best version as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge and I shoot, I probably bring them up almost every episode. I'm a huge David Goggins fan and I'm, uh, finishing up his, his latest book, which is absolutely phenomenal. Just the guy's insane. And in, when I say insane, I, that's a, one of the highest compliments the guy pushes himself to the act, you know, to the limit and beyond what 99.9% of people in this world 
can or want to do. And it's just amazing to see what your body is capable of doing. Now his body breaks down a lot. He's got you know sickle cell anemia and other medical issues, and he still does all these things. He he got through uh, SEAL team training on a broken leg. Like it's absolutely amazing what we can push ourselves to, what we can push our minds to. But then bringing in certain healing aspects to maximize that. The amount of energy, the amount of focus, the amount of motivation that you can get when you're running on all cylinders, it you just took your life to the next level because things like dopamine give us drive and motivation. Adrenaline gives us the energy to move forward. Cortisol, even though it's a stress hormone, we need cortisol. We can't go without cortisol. And so all of these hormones and neuromodulators that we have in our bodies are like little levers that we can pull. And, you know, people say they're not motivated. You freaking jump into a cold shower. I guarantee you in about 10 seconds, you are going to be freaking running through a wall trying to get at life. And I know it because I do it every day. And so it's really cool to hear. I didn't even think we would get into talking about uh, the chiropractic side of your life because there's so many amazing things that you've got going on. But I really appreciate you talking about that because for me personally, it's been on my mind. There's um, you know, a lot of, I think, mis- misnomers about what chiropractic is and what kind of benefits they provide for people. But I think what you do is so powerful and it's just, it's just an amazing thing. So I, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. No, I mean, the profession, it, it, uh, the chiropractic saved my life. And it, it, there is a lot of misinformation out there, but it, it, it's by design, uh, really. And that's not a conspiracy theory or anything like that. It's, we're the biggest health profession that's going against one of the biggest. And I don't say against. We just take away a lot of profits from the biggest profession or health in the world, the medicals, the big pharma systems, right? And yep. when you take away a lot of money from them, they're, they're not going to like that. And, and they have a lot more ad dollars to do a lot of different things than what we can do. Um, but that doesn't mean it has to be that way. But again, it's just one of those things where um, I think that's why we're so misinformed. And, and so I always tell people it's the greatest thing to humanity for when it comes to health and vibrancy and all this stuff. But we're, we're the most misinformed, which is the craziest thing. Um, but I can go on and on about this all day long. But <laughs> but you, you brought up something about David Goggins, too, because I love when I see people like that and in other individuals when, you know, why he he takes his mind right it's all mind at the end of the day i think he calls it calluses of the the brain or the mind he calls it or yep. something like that right oh yeah yep. um and it's one of those things where you know how do you see yourself right he sees himself as no limit you know and you have to come from mind first because mind dictates body My body can also dictate mind but when it comes to taking yourself to those higher thresholds i mean he even talks about the 40 percent rule or something like that when you think right. you're tired, you're only, you're only 40% in, um, you know, it's one of those things where coming from that place in our mind, if we just took a percentage of that and used that in our own place and saw ourselves as not having limits, which quantum physics has, has shown that we don't really have limits. And some people say, well, we're in the physical world. We can't levitate. It's like, mm, don't, don't say that. You never know. There's people who can, who know how to do some things like that, or you can't do this or that. And it's like, there are people who, who have, have, are breaking those barriers as we speak. And it's like when we look at life, whether it's business, money, health, you name it, the only limit you have is the limit you're putting yourself on it. The only because, how, you know, quantum physics, one of the studies they did, it, it basically long, the observer effect. Long story short, just basically means um, how you see things is what it's going to become. Mm-hmm. And, you know, David Goggins, he looks at his life. I guarantee he sees You know, he has he doesn't see a limit. He's just like, this is where I'm going. And if I feel resistance, I'm going to break through it. And I'm going to, I've trained my body. He's done this enough. He's, he's changed his neuroplasticity. He's, he's rewired his subconscious to know that no matter what, I'm going to break through. No matter what, I'm going to get to that point. If I fall down, I'm getting back up and I'm going to continue to move forward until that happens. A broken leg to finish Navy SEAL training. Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother caliber, but everybody has that potential. So when we see that and go, that's, that's just crazy. Well, that's not crazy. Well, that's crazy. I could never do that. Well, you say you can't. That's why you can't. 
But if you really get into that mental state and say, no, I can make that. I mean, I remember playing softball championship game and I pulled one hamstring hitting a triple and I pulled my other hamstring and I had a whole nother game to play because if we won, then we would go to the next one. And you have to get into a mental state. And I, even though I was like, if I, if this snaps even more, this can, this can cripple me. And I'm just like, nope, it's not going to cripple. It's not going to snap any worse. It's not going to tear more. I'm going to finish this game. I know I'm going to just going to adapt. And I, I ended up, I was playing the outfield, so you have to run. But uh, it was one of those things where we ended up winning the championship. And I went four for four in the next game. I was like, I should play hurt more often. <laughs> but it comes from, again from that mindset, right? Never give up. Here's, I'm going to adapt. So it's not only just, you know, that mindset of I'm going to no limits, but then it's also like whatever shows up, I'll adapt to it. And that's a whole nother mindset in itself. So you can call it a growth mindset if you want to like simplify it all under one. But I just say it's a viewpoint of how you see yourself. Right, right. No, I I love it. I want to get more into this real quick. I just want to let the audience know that you can find Dr. Manzo on Instagram at Dr. Vic Manzo. And then also check out his website, empoweryourreality.com to book a free coaching call and see all the other amazing products and services that Dr. Manzo offers. Now, we're talking about belief systems, empowering beliefs. I think one of the biggest things, I call them saboteurs from the uh, Positive Intelligence book, um, the negative mindset, the negative belief system. I honestly believe everyone has saboteurs and everybody has what you were referring to a minute ago, I call them sages. And I ultimately believe that you're going to have them with you for the rest of your life. Now, if you listen to the sages more and figure out ways to minimize the saboteurs, you're going to be do, you know, have more of a positive, uplifting, goal-oriented mindset. But I honestly believe those two voices are going to be with you for the rest of your life. So when you're working with a client, doing mindset coaching, things like that, how do you approach that negative voice, that negative mindset, and get your clients to start changing that more towards what I would call the sage, listening to the sages? Yeah, no, I love that because you know, you're know you talking about the law of polarity or duality, right? We have both sides to us and, and it never goes away. Um, I remember doing, here's a personal story. I remember doing some inner healing work, you know, stuff from his childhood and you know why my parents weren't like this and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I got over my dad issues. I'm good. Seven years later, they came back hardcore and I go, no, 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 you can't be here. This, this should, this should be long gone. Why are you back? And I was like, huh, it'll never go away. It'll just keep, because what happens is, is what we get. And I got caught up in this trap and this is why I'm just going to confirm what you're saying. So because like, as we evolve, so do they, right? And so they're evolving always with us. And I think it's by design too, because it's like, if we didn't have them anymore and you solve them, then what's the point? Like, then you're just coasting along. It's just, just that's not really how life is. Um, but when I work with clients, I always, I, I, I talk about, you know, again, one of the things I always share is wherever your mind goes, wherever energy goes, or wherever your, I mean, sorry, wherever your mind goes, wherever you put your focus to is where energy is going to flow. And then whatever energy flows, that's where manifestation grows. So I teach my clients right off the bat, you give life to things. You know, you are source energy. You can call it your soul or whatever you like to call it. But I just call it your source energy. So that source, you're going to get power. It's like you're plugging it into that. So you want to be very mindful. And I work with them on where they're putting attention to, where they put in their focus to. Because sometimes they're like, I don't know. I'm just I just this. I'm just seeing this. I'm just paying attention. This is what I'm noticing that's showing up. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're giving power to that. All right. Here's what I need to do. Awareness is everything in life, right? If you become aware, you can solve all the problems. It's like 50 to 90% of a solving a problem is awareness. So I always tell them, become aware of where you're just paying attention. You know, if I'm working with a chiropractor, I'm like, man, I had a great week, but you know, Tuesday was slow. Why did you say Tuesday was slow? Why well, was I saying Tuesday was slow? Why are you putting energy towards that? Well, I, I don't think it's a big ordeal. No, here's what's going to happen. You know, and I'll look back like two months, three months ago. You know how you were going up? You had a record and you came down and you didn't. Then you went back up and you got close to that record. Then you came back down. It's called the yo-yo effect. You're focusing on what's still not good. And that's because you may have been trained that way, conditioned that way. Because I do a lot of childhood stuff too, where I work through limiting beliefs and they're all from zero to seven. So it's like, where is who who is having you 
when things were good or who was a perfectionist in your family? Who's the, who was this that taught you these things that even though when things are good, you don't hone in on it because it may be taken away or maybe uh, this is not as good or oh, I still have to work on this because you just can't enjoy the moment of where it is. And so we do a lot of awareness stuff um, to get them aware. And then once we have that awareness, then we can change it, right? We can start to feed into the other, you know, and sometimes they're like, I don't know what it could be. I said, well, here's the thing you can choose and that's what it is. So what's the empowering belief you want to believe? And then hone in on that. It's like the old Cherokee, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Cherokee uh, legend, where it's all about, um, there's a grandfather and uh, a grandson. And he's he says, the grand. I think it's the grand, I'm going to mess this story up. It's been a while since I've uh, uh, had this memorized. But it was That's like right. the grand. I, I haven't heard it. So whatever you say, I'm going to believe 100%. <laughs> so just just go at it. Basically, long story short, the grandson's like, I have this, this, these two, these two things in my, my, sometimes I think of doing, that's like doing good stuff and then like doing bad stuff. And he's like, I have these two wolves in my mind, my head and they, they, they want to battle. Which one's going to win basically? Who's going to win that battle? And the grandfather walks him through this whole thing. And long story short, he's like, it's the one that you feed. That's right. That's it. Because in life. We get too caught up, and I think social media does an amazing job at this in a bad way, um, because it thinks like everything happens fast, right? You go look at it in there. I know being a coach and stuff, and my stuff, and what I'm looking up on my website, you know, just on, online and stuff. Of course, you know, I'm getting tracked in those ways, and they'll be like, you know, 70k in next two months, and I'm always like, why? You know, that why is everything about speed? You know, it's like because like for example. If let's say there's two wolves inside you, we all have them. You say the sage and the the saboteur, right? Did I get that yes, correct. Sir. So yep. it's one of those things where you you have both of them. When you start to shift, you know, it's like the wolf. You, you just because you stop feeding the, the the dark wolf, let's say, or the the sage wolf, now all of a sudden you move over to the. I'm sorry, the sorry. You want to feed the sage wolf. We're moving That's from right. the saboteur wolf <laughs> to the sage wolf. I was trying to connect it with what you're talking about. You know, it's not like that 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 saboteur wolf just dies. If there's going to be a process to that. It's going to take time before that wears on. This is neurology, basically, in the essence of it. Because neurology, you don't make instantaneous changes. You can mentally, like in your mind, say, this is the change I'm going to make. Your energy field can start to shift gears that way. But you have time-space continuum that you have to go through. And neurology is the same way. You're going to pull energy from one to recreate that new connection. You don't sever one to go to another. And these align with universal laws, the law of perpetual transformation of energy, right? Energy is never created or destroyed. It just keeps changing form, right? And it's not like it just drastically changes form. It's a, it's a slowing process of changing form. Sometimes quick. It just seems like it's, 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 uh, it seems quick, but it's a transformation and uh, of energy. And so every aspect of life is like that. And so understanding that when you do these kind of changes, when it comes, especially to living beliefs, sometimes they're, they're deep rooted. I mean, I've, I've been working on this stuff for eight, nine years and I just uncovered some new stuff from like, wow, I, again, I thought I took care of that 10 years ago. Now I'm sitting right. here in my life going, hmm, this is showing up in very unique ways. Man, they're, they're, they're the words, how they're emotional, the most, I call them the emotional strings, the emotional strings that they're pulling on me, how to get my mind to look in a way that I don't want to look that way. And it's just like, okay, it had, a, it, it won like the first six months of 2022 on me. I mean, I had some victories here and there, but I was like, but now at the second half, I was like, I got you. I'm going to get you. I'm like, I know exactly. I, I, I see now how you evolved. I've learned here. And then I put my strategies into place to how to. And I know eventually it's going to come back again. Who knows when? But it, it will in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You, you talk about uh, understanding and you said this word earlier, uh, understanding the quantum world. Can you get into that a little bit more? Because I'm unfamiliar with that term. Yeah, the quantum world, it's another way of saying it's like the spiritual world, right? And okay. so, but the spiritual world, that's woo-woo. Some people say, oh, that's that's just that out there stuff. But so quantum physics has come around and it's bridged the gap between the two. And what quantum is, is understanding the invisible world that creates our physical world. And so when you look at what quantum, quantum physics talks about, well, one thing they found that discovered is that everything's energy in this world. Everything comes down to energy. They actually call it quanta. And so when they were what they were looking at is, you know, they went down to the subatomic particles, the boson quarks and all that stuff. And then they're like, let's see how well, what's underneath. Can we see deeper? And they're like, there's just nothing. It's space. And so they call that energy. And what they what what that what end up finding out is that um, it's like lead and gold. If you look at lead and gold from a molecular structure standpoint, you'll see the atoms and everything are reconstructed. And they're structured in a certain way for lead and they're different for gold. 
But what quantum physics says is not the, 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 the structure alignment that's creating that. It's the energy underneath the subatomic particles that's allowing the manifestation of that to show up in the physical realm. So when we talk about living in the quantum world, we have to shift our mind then from doing and all these other things to what's our consciousness level or what's our, there's many terms you can use, consciousness level, frequency, vibration, but it's, it's where is your energy at? Where's your consciousness level at? Because that's going to create experiences for you in your own physical realm. So if you're, if you're not achieving more money like you would like to have or a seven-figure business or your health isn't where you want it to be, it's not usually because of the things you're not doing. It comes from first, where's the being? Where's your energy at? And then when you focus there, then everything else shifts and change. So it's just a different way of looking at things, um, how we've been taught from like a classical physics way or a Newtonian physics way of, of force, do, this is what we have, this is what accomplished. You hear it a lot in business world, grind, hustle, you know, sweat equity, put the sacrifice in, sleep less, I'll beat your competition, all those things. And quantum is a totally polar opposite. And it's all about, instead of 80, 90% being action and doing, it's more like 10% maybe 20 on the high end, but it's literally 10 to 20%. And mm-hmm. that's all the action you need to do. But you have to be first. You have to get all that right. And then everything else will follow its way with it. Gotcha. I, I like to tell people that no matter what it is, if it's health, business, 80% is psychology, 20% is mechanics. So that aligns up with what what you're saying. Obviously, what you're talking about is a different level than when I say psychology. You're talking about energy and um things that, you know, shoot, I'm a Christian man. So I might call it the Holy spirit, things like that. Um, what are some things for people that would like to start down this journey and get curious about what you teach? Like, how do they start the journey? Is it go on your website, get a consultation, read some of your books. I know uh, you have three books. Um, and I'm assuming you touch on this subject pretty in depth. So what are some things people can do to start setting down this path? Because it just sounds absolutely incredible. And I'm all about learning. So I this is partially for me too to learn. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, the easiest thing, you know, there's always there's always the free stuff, right? I have a I have an ebook on mindset. I have 400, I think what I released this yesterday, 437th episode on the mindful experiment podcast that I have, um, where I talk a lot about these kind of concepts and so forth. My books are great in many ways because um um, you know, I one book, Rediscover Your Greatness, my first one was like kind of like the rules to life in a sense, using what I've learned over time, 10 years and how, you know, through a quantum aspect and energy and seeing things from that realm, like words, what is it, how do, how do words are the fabric to our reality? Why is the importance of focus? I get into meditation and what it really is. I like to simplify things because I always, I always tell people that there's already, all the knowledge is all out there already. I've read, I probably read almost 1500 books in my life. Not that I, I, I'm like, when I say 1500, then I meet a patient and he's like, yeah, I read about 200 and something books a year. And he's like in his almost 60. And I said, so wait, how many books that he goes, you should come to my house sometime. I have a basement with moving bookshelves. I said, you got to have at least 5,000 books. He goes, I've read all, at least probably more than that. I'm like, yeah, I go, I don't have any aspirations to go there anymore. I used to, when I was taught, when I was talking to him about it, but, um, but I talk about, you know, there's not, I try to simplify things and try to not to uh, complicate it in some way, shape or form. So talking about that, my second book is like all about the walk, the walk in the dark that we all go through. We all have darkness that we're going to face, but how can we see it in a different light that will end mental suffering? That was the main purpose of that. But um, that's where you can start. The books is, is, is another way you can go. So you got the podcast, the books. Now, if you're a business owner or something and you're like, man, I want to learn about this stuff. And, you know, that's where a free consultation will come in, breakthrough call that I do for 30 minutes. And I just, there's two things where I'm doing. I want to learn all about you. But at the same token, I'm also qualifying you and myself to make sure I can help you. Because if I can, then we'll talk about that. And I'll share how my coaching program can help. If I can't, then I'll refer out to maybe someone that I know, or here's some things I would recommend doing and, and go that route with it. Okay. Now that seems, seems pretty easy, easy enough. Um, what would be some of the things that I would say are good 
obviously there's the consultation, there's reading the books. What can people do today? Sit, meditate, do a quick breathing exercise. Like I'm big on habits. I've got my morning habits. I've got my evening habits. I call them rituals because I like to put extra emphasis on them and meaning to them. So, you know, I do my breathing exercises in the morning. Uh, what have you found is a, is a really effective, easy, quick little habit that anybody can use immediately? Yeah. I mean, you brought up a lot of them. I mean, I, I practice even for my own morning habits. I mean, meditation is one of the biggest things that I recommend, but I always tell people that that um, because of where the world we are today and how instant gratification, a decrease in attention span down on less than a goldfish now, we're at eight seconds. I think it's going to, I think I probably, I would even put money on it. It's probably seven seconds now, uh, but I haven't seen any research that talks about that yet. But it's one of the things where sitting down and just meditating or being, or, you know, in that realm is usually going to be a little hard. But what you can do is how do you implement that in your life, right? You got to, so I always, again, how do we make it simple? Well, you have to eat, right? You have to breathe. You're going to have, you got to, you know, maybe you take what you have a dog, you go for walks, whatever that may be. There's things you have to do. You're going to wash dishes. You take care of the house. There's, there's, there's daily things we are constantly doing. You can use that as a form of meditation. All you do is just focus on what you're doing. Cause that's really what meditation is. It's just building up that focus muscle in your brain. Just for clarification, there is no focus muscle in the brain. I just like to call it that because we can relate the muscles and understand that. And so it's it's like when you're eating, like your mom, you probably used mom or dad, or probably someone told you, chew your food 20 times before you swallow. There's actually a good mindful, that's a mindful practice because you're chewing the food. And when you just pay attention, you put something in your mouth, you put the fork down. You just sit there. You don't have TV on. You have nothing. You're just sitting there and eating. And you're just paying attention to the texture of the food, the flavors that are coming up. You're moving the food around in your mouth as you chew. It's amazing how many people – I used to teach this with a restaurant owner in my town I practiced in. And it's it's amazing how much people go, oh, my God, I didn't notice all the different hues of what a raisin tastes like. That's usually the standard practice. but Or like different foods that we're putting in. And she was great because she'd be like, I'm like, I'm not getting into texturization and food. My palate's nowhere near advanced to that level. So, and she would like, as they're chewing, she's picking out the hues that would come at different times. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's all you. But people were amazed at how much flavor came and how much they enjoyed the food more. But then there's also all their health benefits. That If you have to wash dishes, you know, there's a great time. So you just sit there and wash dishes. You're in the moment, just washing them, just paying attention to what you're doing there. Nothing else. That is meditation. So that's like the most simplest ways you can start to incorporate it in your life and start to do that. I mean, you have to work out, do mindful workouts. What does that mean? You're focusing on the muscle that you're working. You're visualizing it, seeing it, however you want to see it. This is the beautiful thing about the mind. You can choose however you want to see it. Do you want to see yourself in that fit self that you want to get to and you're working out? Then do it. If you don't care about how well you're fit, but you care about being healthy, then see yourself in that healthy self as you're doing those workouts. And what ends up happening is you get in better shape. Those muscles are going to develop more. You're also in a mindful place because all you're focusing on is that moment. And that over time is going to build that focus muscle up more to where you can then maybe go sit for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes and just breathe or listen to a either a guided or an unguided or you, know, you can practice even breathing. I always tell people, you have to breathe. So one of the things I teach a lot of my clients is just set a, a reminder on your phone five times a day. And just take 10 deep breaths when that, that thing goes off. I don't care what you're doing. Even if you're in a meeting, they're like, no, Doc, hold on. if I'm in a meeting, I can't. I said, you can still take 10 deep breaths deep if you're in a meeting, even if you're the one who's speaking. I've done that before. And they're like, how do you do? I'm like, you speak, you take a deep breath in, and then you go ahead and breathe out and continue speaking. You just slow down during that point. They're going to notice the tempo slows, and then you'll speed back up to whatever you do. It's like, you've done that? I go, you have no idea how many times I've done that. It's, it's funny because I you can tell I talk fast. So it's always good for me to like check in. Let me slow down here again. And then all of a sudden I get slower, and then they'll notice my voice slows down a little bit more. And then they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, you were just talking really fast, and now you're slowing it down. And I'm going... Sorry, I just uh, took some deep breaths to reset my nervous system, so that way I can uh, slow it down, so you guys can you can take it in a little easier. Well, I didn't want to say anything, but I have noticed that you have been doing those breathing techniques and slowing down throughout this show, and so I really appreciate you uh, being aware of it, being mindful of it. And I think, yeah, what you were just talking about, everything is rooted in just being mindful, being present. I used to be Buddhist before I. Uh, became Christian. And a huge part of Buddhism is mindfulness 
and just being in the present moment, not with distractions, not with TV, not with social media, music, or any of that. And it's just, it's so powerful. But like any other muscle, you can't just do it once and expect everything to be corrected and to be well in the world. It takes discipline, time, and commitment to be focused, to grow, like you said, that focus muscle. But everything you just said, anybody listening to this podcast could implement that immediately right now, even while they're listening to the podcast. They might be driving, take some breathing exercises. I'm I'm not going to do a breathing exercise with the audience right now, but they, I think they get what, what I'm getting at. So we're getting pretty close here. I want to know today and in the next couple of years, what's going on with you? Do you have any passion projects, anything you're excited to share with the audience that you're doing? No, absolutely. Barred. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm having a call to write another book. It's going to be something on mindset just because I've been talking about it for so long. I'm like, I think I need to write a book on mindset, um, which that's going to be done. But the big one I'm, 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 I'm trying, I'm looking to start to launch. I've always had a vision on creating like a conscious, like school online school is what I'm going to, I'm going to make it. And it's really for people to come and really just learn how to elevate themselves in, in any way, shape or form to find more fulfillment. And fulfillment is it means different things like success, right? Success is there's so many definitions to it. The way I define success, success is by fulfillment. Fulfillment is defined by choosing what you want to experience and experiencing it. We live in a world that we've been very disempowered. We give our power away way too much um, in so many ways. And then when we think we don't, we actually still are. Um, and I, my, I'm on a mission to my whole purpose is to help. My whole purpose is just to help raise the conscious level of an individual so they can remember the greatness of who they are. Right. You talk, you say superhero, I say greatness. Um, but it's one of the, it, it's remembering that beautiful essence. And there's, there's it, the, the ideas are starting to fall in place where it's like, okay, next, this year we're going to start putting that in the work, hopefully in the fall, start getting it going. And then next year for sure, 2024, um, we want to be launching that to help individuals to just, this is a place where you can come and you're going to learn. It's about a journey about learning about yourself at the end of the day the essence of who you are outside of the human aspects, right? There's a human self that we get so bogged down in, but then there's a spiritual aspect that we have about ourselves and learning more about that and how to join the two together. So that way you can have, because we're really spiritual beings having a human being experience, but in, in, in we've gotten away from that for so long, we've learned to be conditioned as human doers and we've gotten become robotic. And I think the world, especially where we've been heading, I wrote this, a lot, I talk about this in my third book, uh, decoding the matrix where, we're, we're, we're kind of getting the, the, the colorfulness of humanity is kind of getting dimmed and because everyone's just because of social media and all the sharing, uh, this is a whole nother topic I can get into, but it's, it's one of the things where we're losing that essence of who we really are and we're missing out on the unique experience that's designed just for us because we always put our attention to what other people have done, what are people are doing, what's the common profession doing, or what's this doing, or what's that? And it's like, forget all that. What do you want to do? What do you choose to experience? You know, and taking yourself back to that three, four year old stage where you just chose to do things because you love doing it. And that's kind of the main journey of what that whole online consciousness school is going to be about. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. I am going to be continuing to follow your journey because something like that sounds absolutely amazing. And to be able to take your expertise and put together something that can completely change people's lives, their belief systems, and ultimately their behaviors and actions, which will change the world. And there's nothing better than that. You and I have very similar missions. We might use different words, but at the same time, one, one of my trademarks, so don't, don't take this from me. One of my trademarks is be more to do more. So I'm constantly working on myself so that I have the ability to lead. I have the ability to help other people to add value to their lives, to empower and inspire them. And it's, it just, it's a compound effect, right? You change one person. It is. And it, it, and it creates that ripple effect and, and what you're sharing. I love what you're, you know, appreciate what you do and all that, because it's like in today's world, you know, I remember I had a spiritual teacher once tell me, she's like, you're very, 
very advanced. I was 24 years old. She's like, you're very advanced. You know a lot of principles. I used to be, again, I was raised Roman Italian Catholic. I read the Bible twice. I, I studied Buddhism. I studied Hinduism. I studied Judaism. I studied all these other religions because I was. I just wanted to understand, you know, because I was so bogged down into one and that was the only one I can focus on. If I went outside of it, nope, that was not good. Um, so she's like, you have such advanced knowledge and universal principles and all these things. She's like, it's amazing to see you at this age. She goes, but you don't have wisdom. And I, at 24 year old, little arrogant, little 24 year old, I was like, what do you mean I don't have wisdom? I go, I could talk wisdom and this and that. She goes, you don't know what wisdom is. That's why you're getting upset. And I said, well, please, please share. And she goes, knowledge with experience creates wisdom. And I, I'm, you know, I'm 39 now. And I look back and I'm like, man, that was one of the wisest things she's ever said, because in today's world, especially like in the coaching world that I, I've been in the coaching world for four years. It's amazing since COVID happened. So many people became coaches, but not a lot of them. You can just tell there's a, there's a presence to people when you can tell they've walked through it. There's a difference. There's a palpable energy when someone's like, no, I've been there. I've walked through that. I know what you feel. I, 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 I can, my, maybe my reaction was a little different in that process, but I've been through it. I know what you've been through. And that's the embodied experience where a lot of times it's just people go and go from an intellectual experience or a knowledge base. I know that because that's how I was back then too. Thinking I can tell people with this, I can, you know, coach on this level. Um, that's why I waited so long to be a coach. Cause I was like, as I got more into business in my practice, I started to go, man, she was right. I need to get more wisdom. So I appreciate you because you're sharing the same thing. Be more to do more. You're going through those experiences as you evolve and grow more Then you evolve and grow to help others do more, help others um, in the same process. That's right. That's really, to me, that's, uh, that's all life is about. The reason for living is giving. So I agree more with that one. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on, man. It, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on, uh, for those listening, you go on Instagram, check it out. His Instagram handle is at Dr. Vic Manzo. And also definitely go to his website, empoweryourreality.com. You can book a free coaching call there. You could see his books, other services he provides. And definitely follow this guy on social media. Check out what he has to offer. It's really valuable, good stuff that is going to absolutely change your life. So Dr. Vic, absolute pleasure having you on. I wish this conversation could go longer. I know you and I could probably talk about this Joe Rogan length, two and a half, three plus hours easily, but I don't want everybody to to fall asleep at the wheel, so to speak. So uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. I really appreciate you coming on and I can't say anything better. What you do is absolutely phenomenal and it is an honor to just being able to talk to you. Always. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you and, and all the stuff that you're doing and uh, um, have the sharing space that we were able to do today. That's right. That's right. So, alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for listening once again. I really appreciate you. You guys are what makes this happen. So let's just keep pushing forward, bettering ourselves and change, changing lives and ultimately changing the world. So with that said, ace out.